So we've been trying to make sure everybody understands that our goal as a church family is never to get anybody to fall in love with a speaker, but rather to get everybody to fall in love with the Savior. We don't want to merely inspire you with sermons about the Bible. Uh, and, and this is a journey that, that I've had to grow in. I just have to tell you, it's taken me years to, to figure this one out. Uh, and, you know, we'll all grow and mature together. But, but we don't want to just come and preach dazzling sermons about the Bible. We actually want to empower people to read the Bible. And so I want to teach into Scripture. We've been on this incredible journey. It's just amazing to me that the book of John chapter 5 says, the Scriptures speak of me. Jesus said, the Scriptures speak of me. The New Testament had not yet been written. We understand the New Testament speaks of Jesus. But what we found is Jesus is uniquely revealed in every book of the Old Testament as well as the New. And so we've been diving in and looking at each and every one of the 66 books of the Bible in progression. We're now through the Old Testament all the way into the New. And today, Jesus revealed in the book of Colossians. And here's what we find as you look at the context and history. And that's the goal, by the way. Later, you'll be reading a book of the Bible in your study time. Hopefully, turn the page challenge that you hear us talking about. You'll get into that. But as you go into a book and you want to hear a little of the history, context, and how Jesus is revealed... You can go to our website, destinychristian.com, watch a 30-minute message uh, approximately. Sometimes I'm a little longer, sometimes I'm a little shorter. But you get a 30-minute message of the context of that particular book, and it will help you understand, just like I hope to do so today in looking at this. In the book of Colossians, Jesus is revealed as Lord of all. He is central to everything. The deity of Jesus Christ is a non-negotiable. You need to understand that today. I am speaking with a great authority from the heart of God as I declare this, and I sense it very strongly, even as we get started in this today, that we would understand Jesus is central to everything. Jesus is Lord of all. So I want you to think about your life before uh, you accepted Christ. If you are a person of faith and, and you're in this room, you've given your heart to Christ at some point in time, uh, you know, you made a decision Yes, Jesus is who he says he is. He is the Messiah. And for sake of reference, I want to just point out there are 330 prophecies about the first coming of the Messiah, and Jesus didn't fulfill many of them. He fulfilled every single one of them. There is no prophecy left unturned that Jesus didn't fulfill. He really is who he says he is. And we need to understand that. Very important. We need to communicate that to the world around us. But I want you to think about if you gave your heart to Christ, if you surrendered to Christ, what did your life look like before you were serving Jesus? And when you think about what your heart did look like, how many of you are glad you're not who you used to be? But how many of you also know we're here gathered to worship because we're not yet who we're going to be? So I thank God we're not where we used to be, but I know we still have room to grow. No matter how far you've grown in your relationship with Jesus, you have more to grow. We're going to spend all eternity knowing more about Jesus, and Jesus changes everything. I just, I mean, I look at my own life. I had the chance this last week to share my testimony with two different people that I met uh, just kind of in casual circumstances, and it was really wild just sharing where I used to be and, and uh, you know, how I used to live and how I used to think and, and how Jesus began to transition all of that. And, and now, like, I want to be a caring, loving, serving, giving person. I'm not always a caring, loving, giving, sir. How many of you can relate when you're in traffic and you lose sight 
of what Jesus wants you to look like because you start yelling. How many of you cuss on the on, No, I'm just kidding. Pastor Chrissy immediately raised her hand. So Colossians is this book that Paul's writing to believers who needed to be reminded that Jesus is the Messiah. Listen very carefully. Jesus is not merely a contributor to morality. You, you need to understand that. We're not about gathering together to permeate religious ideology that will simply make you a better person. Uh, in fact, when you meet Jesus, you don't get an improved version of you. You get a completely different version of you. You become a new creation in Christ. So we're not trying to improve the old version. We're simply trying to become who God says that we are. We don't want anything to do with who the enemy tried to make us out to be. We want to know exactly who Jesus has called us to be. Come on, let's all celebrate that. Nobody claps alone in this place. So Jesus is not merely a contributor to our morality. He's the very center of our existence. That's exactly what you'll see in the book of Colossians as you begin to read what Paul's writing. Uh, The deity of Jesus Christ clearly is a non-negotiable variable. We don't negotiate that. He is God. Jesus is God. Many people today would say Jesus is important. This might surprise you, but many people in churches today in the United States of America might have this same idea. Jesus is important. This might surprise you. Many pastors leading churches today might have the same idea that would merely say Jesus is important as are many other important figures in the history of the world. That's where I'm driving with this. And and I just want you to know it's not like Jesus is important like Buddha was important or Jesus was important like Moses was important or Jesus was important like whoever, you know, whoever your favorite person is in the history of the world you say, yep, those are all important people. You cannot put Jesus in the lineup as one of the important people in the history of the world. Jesus is central to everything, natural, supernatural, temporal, eternal. Jesus is central to it all. And and we're going to see clearly why that's so vitally important. But you need to recognize today, and I'm saying it loud and clear, Jesus is not a way to God. Jesus is the way to God. There are not many ways. There is one way, and his name is Jesus. This was the struggle that was going on with these believers that Paul was having to address. They started to embrace a variety of figures and a variety of influencers in the history of the world. Socrates was such an influencer. We migrate toward his teaching. Yeah, Jesus was good. We migrate to his teaching. No. Jesus is Lord. He is Lord, and we must understand as we walk this out, our view of Jesus Christ will impact every area of our lives. Your view of Jesus Christ will impact every area of your life. And so these teachers of this day were bringing this diluted message, trying to make Jesus out to be one of many. And so Paul writes uh, into this entire book, and this is your first blank if you'll write it down. When you accepted Jesus, you didn't get an improved version of you. You became a new creation and got an entirely new you in Christ Jesus. Amen. This is why Jesus is so important, and we cannot make him out to be a non-negotiable, uh, a, a negotiable scenario, because in Christ we find our identity. So we're going to pick up with that understanding of groundwork of the book of Colossians and what's going on in this history of time. And I'm going to read several verses out of chapter 1 and then several verses out of chapter 2 because we're here to honor Jesus and to dig in deeper to what he wants to reveal through his word. Colossians 1 verse 15 to 20. Pay attention very carefully 
to uh, all of the, the, the verbiage being used to explain who Jesus is. The Son, verse 15, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, in all things have been created through Him and for Him. Are you hearing it? Jesus is Lord. Will you say, Jesus is Lord? Let's say it together, Jesus is Lord. He goes on, verse 17, a very important verse we'll come back to. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Verse 18, and He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Would you say it again? Jesus is Lord. Let's say it together. Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. Paul is making it very clear. Did you hear all the language? Like with incredible clarity, with with incredible force, with incredible certainty, more than just a preference of understanding, but a conviction of revelation of who Christ is. He calls him the image of invisible God in verse 15. Verse 18, he calls him the head of the body, calls him the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. It goes on in verse 27 saying Jesus is actually the hope of all glory. See, God ordained for Jesus to completely change the landscape of history and religion. What year is it today? 2017. Jesus changed everything. Jesus changes everything in the natural and the supernatural. In my life, in your life, in our world, Jesus changes everything. Even the way we log time changed when Jesus came. And, And this is pretty amazing, pretty huge. I mean, if you think about... If somebody's going to have the measure of influence in our world to literally change the way we're going to log the calendar and begin to evaluate, now time is going to shift into an entirely different perspective. Like now is day one. We're going to start over now. Now is day one, day two. Now here we are 2,017 years later after Jesus. This Jesus, man, he must have been one influential individual. He must have ruled nations. He must have had a following of millions of people. I bet Jesus' Twitter feed had 50 million people the first day he started tweeting. I bet Facebook ran out of friends for him immediately, right? I mean, it's amazing when you think about the measure of influence Jesus had. Let's let's just take a look at Jesus. How old was Jesus when he died? 33 years. The man only lived 33 years in this world. Most of us, or many of us, uh, can, can agree and understand. Uh, how many of you would say you're going to outlive 33? Can I just see some of you have already made it? Uh, we're going to outlive 33. Like 33. If that's all I had was 33 years, how would I spend those 33 years? Well, Jesus spent 30 of those 33 years in absolute obscurity. Nobody knew who he was. Only the people who knew his family knew who he was. Nobody knew he was the Son of God. He only had three years of ministry. Let's let's look at the picture of this Jesus who changed the world. Three years of ministry. Do you know how extensively he traveled? He traveled less than 100 miles from home. 
His whole life, he never, trialed, he never traveled further than Oklahoma City to Tulsa. Like that's, you know, he never traveled further than that in his life. He never had an international platform of ministry. He wasn't wealthy. He didn't come from wealthy heirs. He lived in a home that was about the size of a single car garage that you might park your car in. That was his home, and his home was shared with animals. And his father was not this powerfully known man of influence in society. Like Jesus was nobody, but when you're nobody, God turns you into somebody and begins to awaken the purposes that he has planned from the beginning of time. That's who Jesus is, and that's how we know who we are. Jesus had, your next blank, Jesus has a greater legacy than any man in the history of the world. A greater legacy. It is almost impossible for anyone to hear the story of Jesus, the life and teaching of Christ, and walk away with a shrug of, of shoulders dismiss, dismissing him as unimportant. Most people agree he's really important. Not everybody believes he's Lord. And it's vital that we understand it, and I want to communicate that to you with clarity. But understand, no person in the history of the world has ever had more artwork done about him, more songs sung about him, more commemoration made. Today, this weekend, there's been an expression around the world lifting up the name of Jesus as this man in history who was God, who came and entered into this world. This is a really important truth that you and I never abandon in our faith and our relationship with God Almighty, no matter what society may begin to say. That's what Paul is saying when he's talking in the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 to 10. He writes and continues on, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. It's all about this, isn't it? Verse 3, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. Be careful. Some people will sound influential. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are, how firm your faith in Christ is. Listen carefully. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. I sense by the Holy Spirit that as I'm declaring this today, some of you have lost your first love, and I want to say return to your first love in the same way you received the Lord Jesus Christ. So continue to live in Him with utter passion and absolute abandonment to the purposes of God in your life. Stop letting the enemy cut in on you and cause you to lose your stride. Be strong in the Lord. Recognize God's power in your life. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. The enemy has no power in your life. Jesus is alive. Jesus is Lord. Continue to live your lives in him, verse 7, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it, no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. Folks, Jesus is Lord. Verse 10, and in Christ 
You have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. This is a pretty important principle. And let me kind of bring this to a perspective that helps us understand logically why this is so vitally important, why I'm ranting and raving the way I am today. Contrary to maybe what you've been taught through the um, expression of religion, Christianity is not about being good. And when we're not good, we begin to doubt our faith if we don't understand this very important principle. Christianity is not about being good. I hope you're good. I hope you're nice. I hope you're sweet. I hope you're wonderful. But you need to understand with great certainty, Christianity is not about being good. Christianity is about knowing God. And when we make Christianity about being good, nobody feels good enough to become a Christian, and those that are Christians feel bad about who they are because we've made Christianity about the wrong thing. Have you ever met somebody and there was just such a a draw and an allure to who they were and the strength of their character, and it just made you want to be a better person? Do you have that friend in your life that makes you want to be a better person? Do you have that friend in your life that challenges your fashion, they make you want to dress up just a little bit? Do you have that person in your life, they challenge your sour look and they make you want to laugh a little more? Do you have that person in your life that doesn't let you just kind of get by with things like other people do, but they call you on it and they they declare in your face something? How many need somebody to get in your face every once in a while? I need some in your face friendship going on in my life. You have that person in your life, that's who Jesus is. That's why Jesus is so important, because God, knowing God will change your life. Being good will frustrate you, and if you do accomplish being good, then you're going to intimidate everybody around you. It's not about being good. It's about knowing God. It's why Jesus is so important. There was this farmer, and, and he was standing on his back porch, and a hailstorm had come through, and these, gre- these geese were grounded, and, and he's watching these geese as the hail you know, was plummeting and, and hitting the, the ground and pounding the geese, and he's feeling really bad because the geese are, are, are you know, being knocked out almost with his hail. And, and he, he runs out into his barnyard, and he opens up his barn door, and he's now being hit with hail, and he runs back up on the porch, and he's standing there, and he's watching, and the geese don't know to go into the barn. So he goes out, and he's, you know, giving his best goose call and move, and come on, geese, get over, get in, and every time he would run to them, they would get up and move over here, or get up and move over there, they would never go in the barn, and finally, beaten, he comes back and stands on the porch just in pain, and he thinks to himself, if only I could become a goose, just for a little amount of time, lead them into a place of safety where their lives can be protected, then I could come back and be who I am. And it hit him, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. How God looked upon humanity in the midst of all of our suffering, longed for us to find a place of safety and refuge in life. And he became one of us. He's not just a good man. He's Lord. He's God. Do not let anybody confuse you, talk you out of this. I don't care who says what. Jesus is Lord. 
Jesus is the Son of God. He is the only avenue, the only hope that you and I have to ever come into that place of safety, entering into an understanding. Guys, this is not about God trying to get you to heaven. This is about God trying to get heaven in the earth, enlarging your heart. Jesus said, when you pray, 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 thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not let's get out of here and get to heaven. Let's call heaven down on earth. Let's live our lives as an expression of the loving, serving, giving nature of Jesus Christ. Some people say, you know, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm good. But I want to point out, I want to go back to that one verse. If you remember a very small verse, I pointed out it's Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. It says, Jesus is before all things, and in Jesus all things hold together. Jesus is before all things, and in Jesus all things hold together. Let me just say, you need Jesus to keep it together. And if you don't have Jesus, you're not keeping it together. I mean, you you can be driving 70 on wet streets in a 25-mile-an-hour zone and not be completely out of control, but trust me, you're out of control. You've not wrecked yet. And this is so important because there's something that is so fascinating to me. And it's called laminin. And I've talked about this before. It's been a long time. But laminin in our body is something called a cohesion protein, scientifically speaking. And this cohesion protein literally holds you together. You would become a blob mess if you did not have laminin in your body. Let's let's go back to the verse. He, Jesus, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And then when we look scientifically at the cohesion protein that literally holds us together, this is what we see. Scientific diagram expression of the very thing God put in your body to hold you together. It is an expression of the cross of Jesus Christ. Your God loves you. Your God made you. Your God's there for you. He sent his son Jesus to awaken you. Why don't you stand to your feet and make a bold declaration of celebration of who he is today? Is anybody in this place ready to celebrate Jesus? Anybody in this place want to go further in their relationship with Jesus? This is about Jesus!